The Feminine Integral, an exploration about integral theory and practice. What is the feminine perspective? Where can we bring in more feminine energy into what was born as theory? Raquel Torrent and Heidi Hernlein both engaged in the integral community for many years. Hello, everybody. I'm Heidi Hernlein, and I'm here with Raquel Torrent for the third time to talk about the feminine in integral. And this time, we want to present you the integral model of the four quadrants and see how the feminine is fitting in there. So, hello, Raquel. Hello, Heidi. Good morning. Good morning. How are you in Spain today? Oh, very springy day. Beautiful sun and, uh, and a great, great temperature. So, very, very well. <laughs> Wonderful. So, I think we immediately dive in. I have prepared the four quadrants and I think we need to tell the watchers who are not familiar with integral, maybe, what that means. And I will bring them up immediately. And we have a little introduction. Let me see. Okay, would you like to begin to introduce the four quadrants? Yes, sure. Reality. What, what we find here, which is like the main four perspectives, of reality is the glasses uh, through which we can see reality and when we can discover what's going on around us what is going on inside us through these lenses these perspectives then we will be sure that we are really recognizing the reality through the biggest uh, possible uh, perspectives that there are. That means we will not be missing any aspect of reality that we know of <laughs> because we don't know the dimensions which are unknown we cannot tell but from the ones that we tell we can say that these four perspectives are the four basic ones. So far we are going to talk about them only because then there are other perspectives which can Wilbur discovered or and developed, but we are not going to talk about them because they are not so basic. So today we are going to, and during these talks, we are going to present these basic four perspectives. So the upper left quadrant, where you see there that is it says subjectivity, the I. It means precisely everything that has to do with the subject, which it means the person itself. It's the I, the me. Everything that is inside of this quadrant that represents the interior of the person. That thing that only the person can feel or recognize or know. Like, for example, Heidi. What are you thinking right now? I'm right now thinking that we need to explain it a little bit more in terms of 
you know, everyday life. What does it mean when I'm in the upper left quadrant, for instance? Okay, what do you I think at the moment? You were thinking, excuse me, Heidi, because this is why I was making you the question. What okay. are you thinking right now? You see, and so this thought is precisely one of the aspects of this upper left quadrant. I cannot know what you are thinking unless you explain it to me like you have done now. So it is a real example of what it is in the upper left quadrant. It's the thinking, for example, which could also develop into a belief. Huh? I believe and the feeling. We have the feeling in the upper left part, and I just feel a little bit, uh, let's say, tired, you know? And this would be in the upper left quadrant. This is my momentaneous experience inside of me, you know, of my body, how my body is feeling just now, you know, how I am feeling in my body. This would be upper left quadrant. My subjective feeling, all subjective thoughts. What else? or beliefs, like we said, you know, like for example, all type of religious beliefs or intellectual beliefs, the positions in which philosophically I put myself will also be in this upper left quadrant, okay? Everything that is interior is inside of my head or inside of my sensations or inside of my body, in the sense that uh, it's a, something that cannot be seen or open to the vision of anyone. It's just mine, okay? That's why this subjectivity has the I. So upper left quadrant, we say it's the individual interior. Then yeah, we you talked, let me interrupt you, you talked before about perspectives and that means when I have the perspective from this upper left quadrant, from me, interior, I perceive the world only, for instance, of my own thoughts. I think that and I think this is what the world is, you know, or I feel that and I think everybody would feel the same thing, or, you know, in, in, in the practical world. So you see the reality, when you are only placed in this upper left quadrant, you see the reality only from your inside perspective. Okay? Right. Right. That's precisely the problem that human beings have, which <laughs> whenever we don't see the reality from all these four perspectives, then we live only in one perspective. And then we think that that is the reality. And like you say, if I live in my upper left quadrant thinking that that is the reality, then I, I am going to think that everyone is going to have to see the reality from that same quadrant that I see it. But this, we know, it's not true and it's not real. <laughs> so... Okay, so something that you would like to add regarding your own experience of this upper left quadrant, Heidi? Yeah, I would like to add what you said just now. When I'm living only in my upper left quadrant and think that everything is like I experience that and somebody else is 
only in a different quadrant, which we will still talk about a little bit, this makes the misunderstandings, the main misunderstandings, you know, because we see reality from different perspectives. If, for instance, the other person sees reality only from outside, and I would like to uh, go immediately to the upper right quadrant, you know, when the other person sees reality only from outside and doesn't consider the feelings and the thoughts, he can say, but it's not so. I see that it is in this way, you know? And I say, but I feel it differently. And they have no way of understanding if they don't open themselves up to see reality also from the perspective, from the main perspective the other person is inhabiting. Mm -hmm. That's for me was important to, to add to that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, for me, this upper left quadrant has a real meaning because uh, in reality, the, what we experience, what I experience, what we human beings all experience, surely that comes from this upper left quadrant because the first thing that, that we could uh, experience or create is this feeling of I, this experience of I am living in the world or I am sensing this or I am laughing about this in the sense of what is inside is the very, like we could say that everything comes out, all the other quadrants let's say would emerge from this quadrant let's say in a sense, okay, so this, this was a question that we were talking in one congress, I remember, of uh, is it possible that we don't see the world from the eye, from the subjectivity, because everything we say, we are saying it from the subjectivity. Even though we position ourselves in the objectivity, it's our way of seeing it from the objectivity. You see, it will always be the way that I put myself into objectivity, but it will always be a subjective thought. This is so very interesting. I agree completely. And uh, because we are experiencing the world, our life subjectively, from our eye. And what this, the danger is when we don't notice that we have this subjectivity, and we think we are objective and seeing everything from the objective side and we don't notice how many subjective things are playing a role when we decide, when we, whatever we do in life. And this is also what you said about the beliefs, you know, we often are not really aware of the beliefs we have and they are influencing our lives all the time. Even if we have some rational explanation for what we do, but often the decisions are made big, big, big part subjectively, you know. And I also comes to my mind just now. I heard of very famous scientists who are very much from the objective side uh, approaching their their subject, and they said that the real breakthroughs they didn't have by objective looking at the things, but they were an internal process and mm -hmm. then they had, oh, that's it, you know. Mm -hmm. So this is why I think that 
it's important that we start talking about this perspective because we are going to be talking in these uh, talks about the feminine and integral. We are going to be talking about the other quadrants other days, in 15 days, every 15 days, we are going to be talking about the other quadrants. So let's leave it here in the sense of let's don't explain the other quadrants until the next talks and let's then explore completely and in depth as much as we can this upper left quadrant which is the interior and individual like we say our own beliefs and let's say the quadrants also where spirituality lays where spirituality lives is like the home of spirituality because everyone experiences spirituality from beliefs or feelings uh, in a di very different way that I cannot know how you live your spirituality because it's an upper left quadrant matter uh, so I would love to know right now Heidi that you tell us how do you experience this upper left quadrant regarding your spirituality? Regarding my spirituality? Huh. <laughs> okay. I can say, I, I first want to take a little bit of a curve. My upper left quadrants were all my life very strong. I had very strong, I go to feelings more than thoughts, but I also have quite a bit of thoughts, but the problematic thing in my life was the feeling part, because I sort of came to the conviction that feeling is not good. I have to be rational, I have to be guided only by thoughts and so on, and so I sort of suppressed my feelings, mm -hmm. and I was not aware that I had these strong feelings. I noticed that other people said that I'm very emotional and I said, oh, what is that? I, I don't feel the feelings and this was exactly what happened. I had cut myself off of my feelings. So they went into a shadow part, you know. Mm -hmm. so Excuse me, Heidi, uh, would you say, because I kind of remember that last time you told us that your uh, feminine side during your life was a little bit diminished, let's say. And does this upper left quadrant has something to do with it? And this repression of feelings that you're talking to us now? Absolutely. I would say that the feminine, I don't know exactly how we de uh, can define it, but it has much to do with being in the feeling part, being in the body, living in the body, being sort of down to earth in many ways, you know, also for our biological being in the world. So by not noticing the feelings, I really cut myself off the, from my feelings, from this part of the feminine, and also from the receptive, uh -huh. receptive part. I was always, I should be active all the time, you know, and mm -hmm. when I finally discovered and it's not long ago, that I can also be receptive. Uh -huh. And then I can accept my feelings without having them acting out all the time, but that I can embrace my feelings. Mm -hmm. Since then, I feel myself much more feminine, whatever mm -hmm. 
we understand by feminine, but I have the feeling I'm coming home, I'm more myself, I'm more more full, more complete, more, you know, I feel just better <laughs> with myself. And I don't have to shut away the, the thoughts and my intellectual part, not at all. This was for a time, it was a belief that this would go when I allow the feelings, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's not. But as we said, both thoughts and feelings are the upper left quadrant. So it's only what are you prior prioritizing? If you are only in your thoughts and only in your feelings, you are always in the upper left quadrant, in the I space. But it depends with which part of you you are going out into the world, you know? With only in the head? Do you live only in your head with your thoughts and all the stories that you are thinking? or? I also in your body and acknowledge the feeling. So for me, this was a very, very, very big discovery. And for fully, I really had this discovery when I did the course, which is called Feminine Power. And then I realized that I have taken back my feminine power by doing that. Mm -hmm. So that's me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, well, for me, it's. Uh, this upper left quadrant was, I thought it was the very center of my life because I have been very emotional all my life, being Spanish, in, you know, from, from Spain. Uh, Spanish people are very emotional and I was a very, very racial person in the sense of being very much in my emotions and living them and experiencing them very very deeply and uh, then I developed a lot of intellectualism in the sense of thinking everything analyzing everything very much and very deeply but very much in contact with my emotions at the same time so in this sense I, I have always felt like a balance of consciousness of both uh, sides and therefore my beliefs were like changing and moving and transforming all the time because of precisely this inner experience of my emotions uh, aligned with my feelings, let's say, with my thoughts and, and the development I was experiencing inside, which to me that's spirituality, you know, the alignment precisely of uh, the, the sensations and the emotions and the thoughts that alignment brings the consciousness of spirituality. So spirituality for me has been a very, very deep encounter with what it is, with the being that I am. And that being surely is experienced in this upper left quadrant. And therefore for me, it's very, very important. Later on, I have discovered that I am also placed in another quadrant very, very much. So, but we will talk about that later on uh, when we talk about those other quadrants. Uh, right now, the only thing I say is that in my own life, this upper left quadrant is absolutely basic, basic, very, very important. I, I do act a lot from this upper left. 
Yes. I completely agree. I think this is the most important uh, quadrant also for me. And my work has always been mainly on the upper left quadrant, you know, to help other people to to get in touch with these inner <laughs> parts of them. If it is physical feeling, if it's emotion, or as you say, also the spiritual part, you know, this is all centered in the upper left. And mm -hmm. I have understood that we cannot only be there, and I also am developing the other parts right. for sure. Absolutely. That's why I say we will talk about that when we talk about the other quadrants, and then we will relate it with the upper left. Uh, so okay. now, what would you think, um, Heidi, that uh, let's, let's start talking about our theme of today, the qualities of the feminine in the upper left quadrant. First of all, in your own experience, what are your feminine qualities, the ones that you have already developed and known on yourself? So as I said before, the main feminine quality which I have discovered only lately through the relationship of my wonderful husband Mark, which, who is listening to us, is really to be in a receptive role that I can allow myself not to be in control all the time, but that I can have trust in other people, trust in life, that I don't need to know everything, how it will work out, that I can trust that there is a way, and this is also a, a spiritual attitude, you know, that the goodness of life, yeah. the life will when I'm open to the other energies, will mm -hmm. allow me to go my path, my destiny path, let's say. Mm -hmm. So to, to, to start making a list, we could say that the first one that we could put is receptivity or receptiveness. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Very good. Very good. Absolutely. Yes, I would agree with this quality of the feminine. Huh? Is uh, and as we said before, I mean, in the, in our previous talk, uh, we talked about archetypes and stereotypes, and I would say that this is the receptiveness is a real and clear archetype quality, uh, archetypical quality, receptiveness, because it's true that throughout mm -hmm. the centuries and in all places. Uh, this receptiveness of the feminine manifestation, which is in the woman, uh, the first manifestation, because like we know, men also have this feminine energy, but doesn't show it out in the, in the body uh, or in the functions, only in the energy and then in the possible actions that they make. Like for example, don't you like to see these beautiful pictures of a wonderful man undressed from the waist up with a little baby in there in his hands. <laughs> that is a beautiful picture. All women love to see that such a picture. Okay, so we would say that that man is not holding that baby with his masculinity. He is holding that baby with his feminine side. Okay, and, and the care that is there is from his feminine side. 
Absolutely. And so you are already talking about the second quality, the care aspect. Absolutely. That's why I wanted to introduce it with that picture because it's very graphical to see. Okay, the care. Imagine how important it is, this care, uh, which is also the archetypical uh, consciousness uh, quality of the feminine, because we need to put the enough strength to mm, hold the baby so that the baby doesn't fall to the floor, <laughs> and at the same time, the sufficient softness to not, you know, press him so much that we, you know, suffocate him. So it's the care has these two uh, sides, which is the exact amount of pressure and not less and not more. You know, the sufficient holding quality to be able to take the good care. Because imagine a person when we say to take care of myself. Oh yes, I do take very well care of myself. Imagine that a person says, because I do take very good care of myself, I shower seven times a day because I take very good care of myself. That will be too much pressure on the skin, <laughs> you see. So it will not be advisable and that will not finally be a care. So that will be absolutely unhealthy, see. It will not be recommendable. So the care is this balance consciousness between how much uh, we put because if it is too much, then it's an excess, and then it's unhealthy. And if imagine, following the same example, imagine a person that says, oh yeah, I take very good care of myself. I have a shower once a week. See? So it's in, in, the, in the lower side. So that will not be that such a good care. So care is to have the consciousness of the balance of what it is healthy. Huh? What it what is it good for the for the life and for the evolution. So would you say, Heidi, that we have the second already? Yeah. And I was just thinking when, when you said it, this is another feminine quality to have the intuition what is the right amount of care. Because yes. when you get uh, seven, day, uh, seven times a day, probably you have heard somebody say that it is good. Hmm. But you overstep your own, your own feeling, your own knowing, inner knowing. This is also a very feminine quality. An inner knowing of what is okay and what is needed. What is needed in this moment, this, this intuitiveness and responsiveness on changing situations, for instance, you know, mm -hmm. the ability to, to respond immediately mm -hmm. to situation, not to have think it out, what do I do when a dog jumps up and I have the baby in the hand, what shall I do, shall I go somewhere, no, you just do it, you know, you, right. you protect the baby. Right, <laughs> so, right. Also, combined with this is the fierceness and the courage which 
feminine energy has when it is needed, mm. when this is about protection, for instance, of the baby or the care. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's why I would add then in our list it will be this second one which is care and then the third will be intuition like you have said because it's true that whenever a man is intuitive it means that he's using his feminine energy because he is open then to receive a different quality of his intellectual uh, mind which is the, to open the door to other type of energies uh, which will be this feminine energy that gives him the connection with let's say the higher uh, levels so the higher realms uh, which historically uh, women have been more connected with you see, at the beginning of times, precisely what it's called the white goddess uh, or, or the, the religion of the goddess, women were very much in contact with all the uh, nature, let's say, uh, spirituality of nature. Uh, and therefore, we were more connected with nature than men, which were in another tasks. Uh, so when a man is capable of doing this, then he's opening the door to his feminine energy. And it's beautiful to see a man using his intuitivity, or intuition, excuse me. Uh, mm -hmm. So yes, yes, I would agree completely with that. Uh, so that's another thing which I find a very important feminine quality, is being comfortable with uncertainty. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not needing to know what the distant goal is, but doing one step after the other according to the needs. But mm -hmm. having, instead of a goal far out there, having a north star, mm -hmm. knowing more or less where they want to go, but not having to do, you know, force the outcome of the of the goal. So we can handle uncertainty the women, I would say, much better than many men. Many men need a plan and do this plan, one step after the other. And we have the sort of feedback possibility, feedback loops. We always have the possibility to adjust our steps, our procedure, when we see it doesn't go to a good end, you know. Mm -hmm. Why masculine culture goes to the very end, to, to wars and whatever. Right, right. So how would we could uh, call, in just one word, Heidi, how could we call this quality? I would, I think, I think I would call that trust in the own capacities of sensing. Mm -hmm. So trust. Trust in sensing, trust. sensing what is right. We have a sort of antenna everywhere and, and sense what what is what is the next step what shall i do now in this situation when it changes we, we do it again like a and no it's not the right word radio station in this case <laughs> the other way around i mean that there are many many ways and you find out which are the right ones for you, you know? yes not what would be then the difference between because according to what you're saying about this antenna what will be the difference between this sensing and this intuition. 
I think sensing is more, uh, you know, you sense into it you, with your senses, with all your senses. You get into, into meditation and so on, and you use your senses for that. While intuition can be one moment, you know, ah, a knowing, it's a knowing. And you know that's exactly what it is. Why sensing is the, the process of coming to this knowing. Okay, okay. It could be, yes, something which is permanent and something which is just temporary. Yeah, or it leads to the more permanent. I wouldn't even call it permanent because the inner knowing is a sort of also an experience, you know. You know that this is right in this moment. And it may be in the next moment when there is another task or another situation, you, you might need a different response and you will have a different knowing. So permanent, I don't know. It is more deep. It is more just not equivocal. How do you say? It is just clear that it is this. This is an inner knowing which has no doubt. <laughs> okay, we could call that consciousness. No? You could. Okay, that will be the upper left as well. So we are, we are on the right track. Huh? So how about another quality? Because if you see, uh, Heidi, we are talking about qualities of the feminine that we can then see the utmost archetype of the feminine, which is mother. Okay, all the mother... If we see a mother is the archetype, you know, the, the real most clear archetype of the feminine, which is the mother. So if we get all the qualities of a mother, uh, uh, of the mother as archetype, then we get the feminine qualities, like the ones that we have just said, and more than we can create just thinking in a mother, like for example, to be pregnant during nine months, I would say that requires a lot of patience. So patience will be a feminine quality as well. Is this knowing how to wait, huh? knowing how to be, be there, just be there until whatever it happens, you know? So this quality of waiting which is the patience, the science of peace, uh, having this peace in the waiting process. Uh, so not getting uptight, not getting, you know, crazy for having to wait for something. This is very masculine, stereotypical, by the way, very masculine, wanting everything now. You know, I want everything rapidly. That's why our society is so crazy because you know we have lost the feminine values and therefore we just don't want anything for tomorrow everything is now not even today is now so that's why you know we, we really need to recuperate this value of the patience yeah very much so and also what you say uh, to have the perspective for life to be caring that life can go on you know caring for the situation that your children can 
survive. This is a very feminine quality. We wouldn't risk being slaughtered by, by a, a war. Probably mm -hmm. we wouldn't because our children would be killed and we, this is the last thing we, we would agree to. So our perspective, our feminine perspective is more in preserving Mm -hmm. Preserving a certain connection so that the communication is possible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, but in this preserving, would we say that uh, it's an upper left quadrant? The idea of doing it, the intention of keeping safe, you know, the, the feeling of caring, this is the upper, upper left. Yes. And wanting to communicate wanting to, com the communication itself, not, but this desire and this deep, how do you say, inclination of creating community. Yes. Have a left. Yes, absolutely. So we have another one there. Huh? We have another quality there. And uh, I want to recuperate this idea that you have said, which is very interesting, about the um, feminine quality of the protection. Uh, I would say that this feeling, this tendency to be protective is very feminine. Whether we have thought over the years that it's masculine. So it's very interesting that we also put it as a feminine quality because then it's very funny to see that men protect the women from their feminine side, which is very funny because we have all, always, stereotypically, the women have said, oh dear, protect me, protect me. And, you know, hey, we have the protection in ourselves if we see our, if we are in contact with our upper left quadrant because it's, it's something very inner, very interior. In, in the feminine experience. Uh, so it's very funny to see that men protect us with their feminine energy. <laughs> this is interesting because often women protect others but don't protect themselves. Right, 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 absolutely. And this is a bit of a problem. <laughs> yes, absolutely, very interesting, yes, absolutely. So, okay, we only have four minutes and we wanted to make some exercises. So how about if we make, we uh, continue in 15 days with, let's say, upper left quadrant feminine qualities exercises. Huh? Good. This is a good idea because we won't get it in now and it wouldn't wouldn't be deep enough, not enough time absolutely, to do it. Absolutely, So I think that it will be a good idea to leave a second part for this upper left quadrant and then we make beautiful and nice exercises for you make one and I do another one and then we can share our feelings, our experiences about it and everything in, in the second take of this upper left. Okay? Wonderful. I agree completely and I thank you very much Raquel, this was very inspiring today, really to sort these qualities out and get them really, you know, in a list. <laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely, because then it's, it's very nice that we can see 
oh yes in my upper left quadrant I can experience these qualities and then become more and more conscious of my femininity huh? of how to use my feminine energy and not forget it <laughs> in the in the everyday life huh? wonderful and, so thank you Raquel and we see you again and continue this talk thank yes. you everybody have listened or will listen. Bye-bye.